Hello and welcome to Case Reopening, the number one Detective Conan rewatch podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Sharice, and joining me as always is the lovely Colleen. We're, we're here for uh, an exciting two-parter, a sealed room murder, as you will, in a bathroom this time out. Uh, do you get excited when we have a sealed room murder? It's a very specific type of case where uh, usually it's some convoluted... Uh, situation how they get that key back in there how they lock the door uh yeah i think it's um really subjective though like this one got me excited i think the last one that uh kogro said was a locked room murder uh it might have been like, the last one we actually reviewed the honey cocktail murder case like that was meh, less exciting uh, but yeah, there have definitely been ones that were intriguing. Like, I, I, like right off the top of my head, I can think of the one where Hattori showed up and there's like the keychain and the pocket and the string and all that cool jazz. So yeah, it uh, it really depends. Yeah, I feel like that's the gold standard. I feel like that's the gold standard. And then other times you get it just where the door wasn't <laughs> right. actually locked. Oh, is that a foreshadow? <laughs> so we're going to cover episodes 121 and 122, which is the locked bathroom murder case. Uh, this originally aired on October 26, 1998. The Conan's hint going into this episode was packing tape. I don't know why. <laughs> and kind of says, today is about two beautiful sisters. A case occurs behind dying words. It's pretty poetic. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty accurate. Pretty poetic. Yep. <laughs> the episode begins with a woman named Mina Ashima leaving a convenience store. She arrives home and her older sister Messiah says that it took a long time. Mina says that she got everything her sister wanted, including bath detergent, tape, and beer. What an odd selection of goodies for somebody to request. Yeah, it's almost like they're planning something devious. The older sister is taking a box of recorded idol shows with her and says that she moved out for Mina's sake. Mina asks if she can help and is told to cut some strips of tape and attach them to the table. Mina says her fiancé Kenji is excited for the concert tomorrow. Masayo suggests a toast. She pours a beer into two glasses and then puts pills into the glass that she gives her sister. So we know something devious is up here, Colleen. Did yeah. you think it was straight away was a murder or... Oh, absolutely. Right off the bat. I actually like this kind of prologue-esque thing going on. Like, we're not even um, introduced to Conan and the gang. It's just these two random characters. And you've already, you kind of already know who the the culprit is. So now it's a matter of, okay, how is this going to play out? So I, I, I thought this was a good hook. Yeah, yeah, definitely a solid, solid entrance to the uh, episode and the mystery here. Scene then switches to the next day where Coco is talking about being enamored with Yoko Okino while they're eating at a diner. He goes, Oh, my gorgeous Princess Yoko, your beauty is a crime. Have a look at these roses I've brought for you. They're all bright red after being enamored by you. Ho <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think, did he do his tongue thing too? Oh, the tongue was all out. The tongue was <laughs> full blast. Yeah, Kogoro was pretty excited. Kenneth says that Kogoro's stupid look is more of a crime, which is a pretty good zinger. But uh, Kogoro doesn't get mad over this. He says that kids just can't understand stylish grown-up lines like that. What do you think about his stylish grown-up line? Can you appreciate oh. it? <laughs> um, 
I mean, I liked it because it was Kogoro delivering it. I think that's what really got me. If it were anybody else, it probably would be super lame. But Kogoro is just sort of all around whatever uncomfortable <laughs> he gives off that vibe so it it works for him and i love conan's reaction he's like oh yeah I've grown up <laughs> so you didn't like my delivery of it well i mean i didn't pay much attention to your delivery oof it was fine i mean you were stating the dialogue that was said at that point i i think you did a great job great delivery that's what I meant to say. <laughs> I put a lot into that. I was trying to trying to put on the charm, really get into character. I was... Oh, no. No, it was great. <laughs> I'm sorry. Does it sound like a pity thing? Absolutely, it sounds like a pity thing. <laughs> so, on reveals that they're going to the concert later today, and that's when Kogoro realizes that he lost the autograph ticket that Yoko gave him due to a hole in his jacket. He's horrified, and he makes a giant scene at the diner they're at. Conan suggests that they found the bathroom, but Kogoro doesn't find them there. Ron says they can explain the situation once they get there. Kogoro says he can't let himself look stupid while giving her a bouquet. He then recalls that Ron has midterms next week and suggests that she gives him her ticket uh, so she can study instead. This doesn't work and Kogoro's plans are interrupted when he overhears a woman loudly yell, knock that off. What do you mean you can't come, Kenji? So we see the intertwining of the two stories mm -hmm. here. Like, were you uh, wondering when the, well, at least one of the two sisters would come back in? Or did you know that, okay, we can probably expect her to be inserted somewhere pretty close to the beginning? Yeah, I figured it had something to do with the concert, just because, obviously, Kogoro is not going to miss out on a Yoko Kino concert, you know what I mean? Obviously not. <laughs> Although... <laughs> Like, we, we saw how it played out, and uh, it it didn't end well for Kogoro. Hey, he was there in his mind. That, that is he true. Got, he got to see the performance he, he, was, he truly wanted. He got a kiss, too, so, you know, in his mind, at least. Yeah. That's, that's sometimes what we have to settle for, kissing our minds. Yeah, I think a lot of people are settling for that nowadays. Turns out that Kenji has a cold, and that Masayo and her sister don't have a ride to the concert. She hangs up, and Kogoro approaches her, asking about the extra ticket, and offers to buy it. Ron tries to convince her father not to waste that money, but he says that a man's pride can't be exchanged for money. Masayo says that he seems troubled, so he can have it for free, but he has to do a favor for her, which is driving her to pick up her sister, who I'm sure is just in perfect health and totally alive. Yeah, I think she's just hanging out waiting for a ride, because this Kenji guy totally blew them off. Once in the car, she wonders what has gotten into her sister and her fiancé as they couldn't wait for tonight's concert, but now they didn't show up. She says that her sister hasn't answered her phone today and that the answering machine isn't on. Messiah says that her sister has been depressed ever since the marriage announcement and that she invited her to go to the concert in order to cheer her up. What's the best concert you've ever been to, Colleen? Um, I haven't been to many concerts, to tell you the truth. I think if I had to choose one, uh, I'd go with Duran Duran, maybe. Duran Duran? Yeah. Really? Hungry like the wolf? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Wow, Duran There were Duran. beach balls being thrown around and everything. You know what my favorite Duran Duran song is? Uh, go for it. Wild Boys. <laughs> okay. 
That's a classic. So it's not the ever popular Hungry Like the Wolf. No, no. It's a, it's a no. far better song. Because <laughs> the wild boys never lose it. They never chose this way. They never chose your eyes. Wild boys will always shine. Did you just look that up? Yes. <laughs> the lyrics to wild boys off the top of my head. No shame only in know, that. I, only part I know is when they go, wild boys. But uh, that's all you need to know. Because that's a, a hype part of that song. <laughs> that's all you sing along to anyways. Exactly. That's all you need to know. Okay. What's your top concert that you've been to? Probably J. Cole. Uh, he does a, a fantastic live performance. He had a full backing band. And uh, a lot of rappers are kind of disappointing to see live. They usually have like backing tracks and uh, uh, they, they don't really have as much artistry as you'd like. But uh, J. Cole completely did all his verses. Uh, There's no back, there's no vocals where he wasn't actually saying the stuff. Had a full band with him. He, he goes all out. So, highly recommend J. Cole. Although he does not perform Wild Boys by Duran Duran. <laughs> no, no one can do it like Duran Duran. Kegara then asks Messiah about her headband. She says that it's a limited edition Yoko bandana that came out with her album that released yesterday. She's surprised that they haven't bought the album yet and shows off the key holder that also comes with it. Kegara says that they get all her CDs from her in person so they don't get extras. What a flex Kegara is trying to be. Just, just nonchalantly saying that. <laughs> God. I know. She's surprised that they know Bragging her. Much? And he mentions that they met during a case and he introduces himself as a detective. This causes her to drop her key holder in shock. And she says that she was just awestruck since he's so famous. Right, but she didn't recognize him at all. They arrive at the house and she explains that she used to live with her sister until last week when she moved out so her fiancé could move in with her the next month. She spots her sister's shoes and says that she must still be sleeping and that she'll go get her. Kagura enters the living room and it's covered with idol posters. We get like a who's who of like Detective Conan history here. We see two mix, Yoko Okino. We see Lex, the band from the uh, karaoke box mm -hmm. murder case. We even see Anzai Asuka, who's from the Santa Claus of Summer uh, short story that, that we saw. That one surprised me. And then we see Hashina mm -hmm. Terumi, who will be seen in episode 249 and 250. So we got a little bit of ways to go before that. So a little foreshadowing. But you've missed the most important character. Who? Your favorite. Your girl, Suzu. Wait, what? Are you serious? <laughs> well, according... So I didn't spot it when I was watching it, but according to the wiki, Suzu's poster is up there. And if you look at the... Um, they have, like, the photo of the room. I think she's on the ceiling. Really? Suzu's it. <laughs> I don't know why. Did well. she become... Did she become a an idol? Uh, I mean, that's one interpretation. It might just be like an Easter egg thing, but it it would be really cute if they played it out like, oh, Suzu's now famous, and she has no time for Conan anymore. Man, I need to find this image. I'm looking now. I do not see Suzu. Where is she? Oh, she is there. Yeah, she's on the top of the... She's on the ceiling. Wow. That's awesome. Thank you for bringing that up. I did not notice that. <laughs> That's Good fun. Caesar. I didn't notice the it either. Clean back. Conan's the girl Conan should be with. <laughs> right. That's well, the truth. 
kind of says that both sisters must have loved idols, as there's two of every CD and photo book. Ron then wonders why Messiah didn't take them when she moved out, but Kogoro says there was probably too much to take all at once, and points at the moving boxes. They then hear Messiah knocking on the bathroom door and asking Mina to open up. The door has goodbye written on it in tape, and the door has been taped shut from the inside. They all work together to bust the door open. That's when they find Mina dead with her wrist slit in the bathtub. Kegura tells Ron to call the police, and Conan notices both the door and the window taped shut, and he notices that there's two open bottles of bath detergents on the floor. Conan is bothered by the cuts on the wrist, and after examining the tub, says it wasn't a suicide but a murder. However, he's unsure of how it was done due to the room being sealed. So what do you think about this murder? Uh, or suicide, as we first uh, were led to believe, at least. So Kogoro's specialty, you know, suicides, um, was kind of, uh, it was nice to see him shine for a good millisecond. Uh, but no, I mean, it was a pretty impactful um, scene, murder scene. The whole tape thing, like, my first reaction was, did uh, Mina actually rip all of those pieces? Because <laughs> that would have been kind of, um, you know, exaggerated. Like, if I were asked to cut that many or rip that many, I think I'd get a little suspicious as to what the person was going to use. Yeah, there wasn't that many boxes. She had, like, six boxes. You didn't need that many pieces (laughs) of tape. I know. Right. So then I thought, okay, did she only get her to rip some of them so that her fingerprints would be on some of them? But I don't know. And then, but that that didn't make sense either. But anyway, so a lot of tape, kind of kind of um scary that i guess she well it appears that she slit her wrist in like zigzag motion so there's a lot to take in at that moment i was just thinking about like how this is like seen as a kid's show in japan and you see this woman cutting her wrists and committing suicide like it's a pretty graphic scene uh all things considered yeah i mean it's uh It's maybe equal to the ones where, you know, you'd see somebody who's, um, whose murder was a bit more, like, sudden, and then they always do that expression, like, wide-eyed and gaping mouth and stuff like that, so that one's a little bit more, um, visually scary, I suppose, whereas this one, she kind of just looks like she's asleep, but then it's the wrist that kind of does, does it all, so I, I don't know how it would be seen nowadays especially like in a north american setting and i don't know like did the later episodes of conan like get any um tamer (laughs) if you will like the newer episodes yeah Uh, uh, who knows we can say we'll find out we've got nine thousand more episodes of this podcast to find out so I don't feel like the cases have yeah, gotten but... like super more tame, but I do feel like the art style has gotten uh, cleaned up a bit, and so like there's kind of like a grittiness to these early episodes where you know I feel like the violence comes through a bit more than uh, maybe they do now. But uh, I haven't watched a ton of the uh, mm-hmm. I've mostly read the read the manga, so I can't say I've seen all the. Uh, newest episodes i can't speak a ton to it but i feel like mm-hmm. it's not as shocking now or as there's kind of grittiness to the early art style where 
it's just had a little more impact in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it would be interesting to see, like, in Japan especially, um, what age range watches Conan. Like, I don't know if all the parents are like, yeah, sure, I'm going to let my kid watch this, <laughs> you know, watch the show about murder and all that. Because I think I started watching Conan, uh, I was like at least in my teenage years, or I was like a preteen or something. I wasn't a kid when I watched Conan. You're just a kid at heart. Oh, that yeah, that's true. <laughs> Still am, yep. Spectre Megary arrives and says that the cause of death is due to blood loss from her cut wrist. He's annoyed that Kokoro is once again at the crime scene and more explains how he got there. He wonders why someone cutting their wrists would want the room closed off, and Kegra explains that they were trying to mix chlorine and acid-based detergents in order to produce a poisonous gas. However, Megary notices that both detergents are chlorine-based, and that the gas isn't very strong, even if you do do it. Kegra says Mina isn't a pro and must have made mistakes. Kegra then says that Mina was in a confused state when she committed suicide. She failed to produce the gas, so she decided to cut her wrist instead. He then shows a receipt that he found in the trash that shows that she bought beer, tape, and detergent from a nearby convenience store. He says it's proof that she hastily committed suicide. Takagi goes to confirm it with the convenience store owner. So you do get to see Takagi here for a little bit. Takagi has a pretty important role in this two-parter, so I was quite glad to see the boy. How do you like Megari's running gag of like, oh, Kogro, you're here. <laughs> conveniently oh it it doesn't uh we'll keep seeing that for hundreds of episodes to go it's a fun gag i think okay doesn't get old for you i mean kegger yeah. really is like the omen of death you know you see him and you just know somebody's gonna die yeah i mean that's what we expect so if that doesn't happen then you're just like what am i watching right now Megary says the roll of tape was found at the bottom of the bath and that it's all plausible if she was rushing Conan then says that she hurried too much and says that her wrist is cut in rushed zigzags. They take a look, and Megary explains that most hesitant cuts by people committing suicide are parallel and almost never crisscross like that. Kogoro says this just shows how confused she was at the time. So Kogoro is very adamant this was a suicide, which is very fitting for his character. Yep. <laughs> um, I don't blame Kogoro necessarily, like all... All sort of the evidence was pointing to that. So, I mean, the only thing that really kind of makes you, well, besides, like, if you were to look at it objectively without knowing the prologue part, the only thing that would set you off is Conan's reactions to things. Yeah. Conan says the blood suddenly stops at the edge, so it must have been cleaned. Kagura says that something must have been there when the blood splattered. And Conan says, or someone was next to her when she cut her wrist. Kegara and Megari are about to say it could have been a murder when Masaya interrupts. She says that it could have been the tape that was on the edge of the tub and that it fell when she cut her wrist. So she kind of covers and makes her alibi. I, I, I like seeing Masaya's uh, reactions here because she does a good job of keeping them on the suicide track even when they become uh, suspicious at points. Oh yeah, Masaya, like from the very beginning when she realized who Kogro was, like they did like a little hard cut to her um, facial expression kind of going hard and she was thinking about how she was going to get out of this and 
to her improv and to her acting abilities like she's on point she's pretty good right now a policeman examines the tape and says that only mina's fingerprints are on it but their index fingers and thumbs are on it clearly megary says the goodbye is a dying message and that it was a suicide we then see messiah start to smile when this is said and then kegaro acts as if he's going to interrogate her she gets all nervous and then he's like oh do you have the ticket <laughs> Ron says this isn't the time Yeah, Kogoro obviously has his priorities somewhere else Yeah, Ron says that uh, this isn't the time And he says that they can still catch the finale if they leave now So he's very con- concentrating on this uh, concert Masaya goes to fetch the ticket and starts laughing after she closes the door Like, she's such a, like, stereotypical villain here <laughs> Yeah I mean, did you really think that uh that was a, a safe moment to do that yeah like and she was laughing so loudly that they probably would have heard her if they were just by the door like why are you right. doing that and she's surprised to see conan there who asked her about the boxes he says that they have been marks so they were put together before she said that she decided to get them later and he says that her sister must have helped us all the edges of the table are sticky due to tape being on it cover and ron call for conan and he heads out she drops her key holder and Conan picks it up and he says, there's no point wiping away the tape marks. The examiner touched them and photographed them after I told him. Conan's just being a real dick here, which I love. I, I love when he like <laughs> gets like confrontational with the killers and they kind of know there's something more to this kid than meets the eye just because how he's approaching them. Yeah, yeah. He's one step ahead. No, I, I like this. I because I'm I'm very much a fan of Conan and Shinichi, so like I don't mind even if he's being sort of a prick to the killer, especially, but to anybody, because I think he has what it takes to back it up. Roman comes in to fetch Conan, and he playfully says goodbye to Masayo. The episode ends as Conan says, "There's no doubt that Masayo murdered Mina, but he still can't figure it out how the sealed room was pulled off." Do you have any ideas for the sealed room? <laughs> no, not at this point. Like, the, uh, when Conan actually, like, starts explaining it, that's when it clicked. Like, the second right before it was actually revealed. And then the rest of it sort of just fell into place for me. So, at this point, I was just like, how could it have been done? The next Conan's hint is Bandana. And we move on to episode 122, The Locked Bathroom Murder Case Part 2. It's originally aired on November 2nd, 1998. Conan says, today is a sad sisterly bond. Have you solved the sealed room mystery? No, absolutely not. I haven't. Oh, you haven't either? Okay. <laughs> like, did you have any ideas? No, I, I had no idea. And that's because there was no locked room. Spoiler. But, uh, just never happened. Right. It was an all an illusion. Yeah. Bullshit. Uh, Incidentally, since we're talking about sisterly bond, um, the because I I watched this episode on DVD again, and although I watched it with Japanese audio English subtitles, they use the English version title for the episode, and it's called "The Forgotten Bonds," I believe. So, just a fun fact right there. <laughs> Talk about fun! That sure was a fact. <laughs> <laughs> The episode picks up with Takagi confirming that Mina went to the convenience store at 7pm last night. 
Peggy finds it curious that she bought two cans of beer, but Kegger says that she probably couldn't go through with the suicide while sober. I don't know why he's, like, so confused about two cans of beer. Like, that's a lot of beer. Like, that's barely any beer. Right. Maybe it's a different societal thing in Japan. I mean, we see Kegger drinking a lot, but he's a drunk. So maybe he's just like, wow, sure, <laughs> odd for this young woman to have two cans of beer. What is she, an alcoholic? That's right. <laughs> that's right. Double standard. The clerk didn't notice any. The clerk didn't. Uh, the clerk didn't notice any change in her behavior. And Takagi then tells Conan something strange that the owner said, but it's one of those times where the we don't get to hear it, so we're just left left in the dark here. But you you just know that whatever it is, it's gonna have something to do with, uh, like, uh, uh, it's, I love that Takagi didn't bother mentioning it to anybody but Conan too. Like, that could have probably solved the case a lot earlier. Yeah. <laughs> or a lot sooner, rather. Conan then spots a bloodstain above the front door's peephole, and that's when Kenji storms in, the fiancé. Oh, I thought that was when Ron had to shine a light through it with a flashlight. I wish. So, Ron really doesn't do anything in this episode. <laughs> like, we joke about this quite often, but she really just calls the police here once, and then talks down to her father a few times. <laughs> yeah, and calls Conan out of various rooms that's about it takagi reveals that he had contacted kenji since he left a message on her answering machine at her estimated time of death kenji still can't believe that mina committed suicide and says that he came last night after leaving her a message he says nobody answered the doorbell and that he waited outside for a while but he left after catching a cold takagi asks why he came after getting the answering machine he says that they had planned on getting dinner together that night and that her answering machine was always on. Man, remember answering machines? What a throwback. Oh, I mean, I still have one, but it doesn't have a tape in it or anything. So I'm assuming they're talking about one with one with tape. One with a tape, rather. What a throwback. But, like, who has, like, answering machines nowadays? I mean, people have voicemail, but, like... There are kids that are definitely, if they were were to watch this today, would be so confused by the concept of an answering machine and that it wasn't on all the time. Oh, well, there's tons of stuff. Yeah. Well, okay, that, that, that was surprising to me because in my day, I grew up, you know, with an answering machine at home, but it was always on. We didn't, you know, turn it off when we were at home and turn it back on when we left. Like, it was just constantly on. So, um, that was... Were you always avoiding phone calls, Colleen? <laughs> I don't know how you guessed that right, but we still do that. Like, I, uh, I, I never had caller ID, so our, our quote-unquote caller ID would be, we let the phone ring, and then whoever it was would start their voicemail, and if we wanted to talk to the person, we'd answer the phone, and if we didn't, we just let them leave a voicemail and uh we'd get to them later and plus you get <laughs> you get the whole call secret. uh recorded then if you answer after the, the the answering machine picks up so yeah yeah it was always the most awkward thing like if you answered mid uh voicemail because then like you had to come up with some quick excuse as to why you didn't pick up earlier like oh i was you know outside or oh i just got into the house or something like that so yeah i have i have some uh, memories of that happening well it still happens 
Karen puts all the clues together and says that Masayo committed the murder and that she brought them here to complete the seal room murder. Masayo then gives Kogoro the ticket to the show and he tries to leave telling Meguri that he'll drop by the station afterwards to give his testimony. However, Conan knocks him out and begins the deduction show before he can exit. So, poor Kogoro. He won't get to see uh, Yoko Okina here. Yeah, the one thing he wanted this entire episode, and he couldn't get it. Kekara says he was joking earlier about it being a suicide. What a funny joke. Kekara has, like, the greatest sense of humor when (laughs) Conan's controlling him. He's just like, yeah, yeah, I was just lying for half, like, the past two hours. Yeah, don't listen to what I was saying just now. I was... Sometimes he even says, like, oh, I was trying to catch the culprit off guard or something. And we get this hilarious scene where Conan blatantly pulls Kogoro cheeks to make it look like he's smiling. <gasps> and nobody cares. Everybody's that... just like, haha, very funny, Kogoro. Yeah, nobody notices these tiny little hands on Kogoro's face uh, pulling uh, pulling them up into a smile. Like, I, I, I laughed out loud. I loved it. <laughs> it was probably one of my favorite parts of the episode. He says Mina was murdered and the culprit is Messiah. She denies this and says that the bathroom was sealed off. Kagura tells Megari to close the bathroom door and ask him how it looks. And the tape makes it seem as if it's sealed, but it's just due to the placement of the glass. Masaya used this illusion to make it look like it was sealed. Just like how your answering machine being on doesn't mean that you're not home, Colleen. People saw through your trick. <laughs> oh no foiled again no one's ever gonna believe me now <laughs> the door was unsealed from the very start and Kegar says that messiah knocked out mino with sleeping pills she then carried her into the bathroom and taped up the window and door after cutting her sister's wrist she forcefully opened the sealed door and then closed the door from the outside there was no way to tell that the tape had already been undone once she had opened the door Megari mentions that Kogoro said that they had a hard time getting inside initially, but he says that he was just fooled by Masayo's acting as she turned the knob while they slammed into the door, which uh, takes a nice little bit of sleight of hand here, so pretty impressive. I think so. Uh, like To get that timing right? I mean, okay, but did she really need to use the doorknob? Because if she had already ripped the tape... Anyways, like, oh, I guess, wait. Yeah, I guess at that point... So the door was closed. I guess at that point they really should just knock it off, because... Although, you know what's weird? You feel like the lock would be damaged from all this. And the fact that it isn't damaged kind of, like, causes an issue. But, uh, I guess they didn't Mm -hmm. really care. We can overlook it. Yeah. The other thing... Yeah. The other thing that, uh... Like, I realized, and I don't know, maybe it's just because I don't see many doors like this here, but uh, the the fact that the door was all glass definitely played to her advantage. Like, she couldn't have pulled this off with any other door, I don't think. I mean, maybe with partial glass, I suppose. But I don't know how common it is. Maybe it's more common in Japan to have a door with that kind of, like, frosted glass on the entire thing. Yeah, that's just another thing that I was like, hmm, interesting. Yeah, definitely an unusual door type. Kegger explains that she needed someone to fold for this trick to work. That's why she brought them back after Kenji said he was sick and couldn't go to the concert. 
Megumi then brings up that it's only uh, Megumi then brings up that only Mina's fingerprints were found on the tape, but it's explained that Masaya had her cut up strips of tape, about five thousand of them, so she could pack up her belongings. <laughs> the proof is in the bent cardboard boxes. Well, she did have a lot of posters. She did. She really did. Proof is in the bent cardboard boxes and the tape residue on the table. Kicker also says that Messiah sent her sister to buy the items from the convenience store and initially meant to kill her using the detergent, but she bought two chlorine-based ones. So that, and that's when she had to go to the backup plan, which was slitting her wrist. Lovely sister. Viciously. Now, did you, like, did she have to hurry because the sleeping pills would wear off? Like, I'm assuming that was the rush involved. I guess, but like... She could have, like, still just gave her more sleeping pills. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, like... I don't know. It seems a bit... Okay. I don't know why she rushed. Okay. So she... Yeah, okay. So this is going back to Kogoro's initial uh, theory. Um, Masayo was probably just really flustered that the two... The two liquids were chlorine-based, so that wasn't going to work. So she's like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? So, okay. I'm I'm satisfied with that <laughs> explanation. Messiah laughs and says that while she's a suspect, there's no proof that she did any of this and that the room wasn't sealed. Kogoro says that's correct, that he doesn't have proof, but there is definitive evidence. He brings up Kenji arriving last night and says Messiah was still there during that time, and she checked the peephole with her sister's blood still on her. Furthermore, she's wearing proof right now as there's a blood stain on her headband, which she only got yesterday. I thought this was really clever. Oh, yeah, it was very good. Like, so the whole bloodstain thing, I knew that there was something to do with her forehead or maybe her finger. But the fact that, like, the extra little bit that um, you're about to explain, like, I thought it was a really uh, very good detail. And, I, I like, I didn't notice at first, no matter how many times I've seen Yoko spelt out in this show, like, I didn't notice it at all. For as much as I hate, like, because I really do dislike this kind of gotcha with the uh the locked room where it wasn't actually locked it just seems stupid to me but this is such a genius like the evidence being in plain sight the entire time i love this part of the episode so much and so i can overlook the stupid oh it's actually not a sealed room like it's in the freaking name of the case man you promised me a locked room murder case (laughs) and then i don't get a locked room come on Right. They did not deliver. Yeah, I guess that's the whole thing with, like, most of the locked room murder cases. They do wind up kind of, like, not being locked rooms. So you can do it. But, uh, I like it. Like, that first one with, uh, with a Tori where they, you know, there's a trick to everything. Although, I guess that wasn't really locked either, because she killed him walking up. No. God damn it. <laughs> so she killed him in plain yeah. sight. Yeah. This whole trope's a lie. I'd... Oh, my God. <laughs> I'd say a good 50% of them are probably not even locked rooms. It's just the illusion of a locked yeah. room. Yeah. Which is probably what makes the trick work. Yeah, that's true. I, I, I'm kind of just mad here because I was so into like trying to figure out how this is done. I was like, man, this must be really smart, whatever this illusion is. And then it was just like, oh, it wasn't locked. And I was like, <laughs> really? Really? I mean, I was going so far as going, like, did she go through, like, the drainage system? <laughs> or, like, did she, like, dig her way out of the bathroom? <laughs> oh, man. Uh, 
So Masayo admits to the crime and says that Kogoro was able to tell by the Yoko logo. The real logo has a dash over the first O to lengthen the vowel, while hers is covered up by blood. Kogoro says something always seemed off, and he didn't put it together until he saw the logo on the key holder and the blood stain on the door. So there's supposed to be a little accent mark over the O. So that was a really clever aspect there. I love that part. I find it interesting that he mentions the key holder because technically the only time Kogro saw it, I think, was when she showed it off in the car. She also dropped it when they, him and Ron went to get uh, Conan from that room. So there's also a second. Okay, there. so Kogro would have seen it there. Oh, okay. I thought it was just Conan who saw it being dropped in the room because I felt like maybe that was when Conan realized it, but for Kogro it would have been you know, technically earlier if he had noticed. He it. also mentioned that bloodstain, was... which comes later on too. So I feel like it's a okay combination of both. So okay. Kenji asked Messiah why she killed Mina when they were so close. And she says that they were too close. Damn. She goes, she says that her younger sister was always following in her footsteps. She'd like the same idols I did buy the same bags and clothes. I did. She'd even copy the furniture and dishes I had. At first, I thought it was cute. I really like the montage at this point because, sorry to interrupt, but I like how, like, for everything that she was describing, there'd be, like, two bags on the screen or, like, two chairs and two, you know, tea sets of the same kind. So I just thought it was really funny for some reason because it's just like, okay, we understand. Like, you don't have to actually show it to us but well just wait whatever. until the ending poetic dialogue by conan which really drives home the sets of two here oh oh i can't wait she was my little sister but one day after it started to get on my nerves she smiled with an innocent look on her face and told me i'm sorry sis i fell in love with the same person you like and confessed to him and that's when messiah reveals that she had gone out with kenji for five years which I was not expecting this love triangle here. Did you? I I was. Yeah, so I uh, from the very beginning I thought it would it had something to do with the guy because there was just I don't know, the vibes I was getting from Masayo, the way that she was talking to Kenji on the phone or something like it felt like they were closer than just, you know, future uh brother and sister-in-law. So yeah, I definitely thought that there was Something to do with her stealing her sister's man. Yeah, her sister got engaged to him, and Messiah felt that she had no choice but to move out and wanted to get rid of the little devil who stole everything from me. Kenji then tells Messiah that she has it wrong and that he was the one who wanted to get married. He says Mina kept turning him down and that she wanted to patch things up with her sister, and she only accepted if they'd say that she insisted and said... And Kenji says that she didn't want you to know I chose her over you. Kenji's a real dick, huh? He, yeah, he he is. Like all these, like right down to his mask wearing habits. All these people kind of suck. He dated this girl for five years, and then the sister like was still fine with dating him. Like what? And then they get it. Ah, it's all kind of yeah. It's so gross. It's almost like too incestuous in a way. Kagura tells Messiah that it's impossible to know her sister's true feelings now because, well, you killed her. But it's uh, clear that she cared about her because the convenience store owner revealed 
Amina went to get a different detergent so that Messiah wouldn't accidentally produce a chlorine gas. We get a nice little scene there. Messiah then runs into the bathroom and hugs her dead sister, begging her to talk to her, but she doesn't since she's a corpse and they don't talk. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't. They, like, what what did she expect would happen? Like, she was already pronounced dead and now she's, like, going over there and trying to wake her up all of a sudden. Maybe she should have laughed maniacally and she would have seen what that could do. So here's Conan's poetic moment of the episode. Kindness brought forth hate and transformed (laughs) into murderous intent. Amid the echoes of the sinner's regretful cries, twin cups and toothbrushes sat quietly by each other at the mirror as if they had forgotten the happy memories of when they had been used. Just think about your sad toothbrushes the next time you're about to murder your sibling. Right. Wow. Like, that one takes the cake for Conan. And the imagery? Wow. Yeah, it straight up shows uh, the toothbrushes. I can't say I was in tears. (laughs) Oh, goodness. What a cheesy... Because sometimes, like... Like, all the... (laughs) Sometimes these endings will legitimately, like, underscore a great episode and, like, I feel like Moonlight Sonata, you you see his little line at the end and you're like, damn, this is a sad case. And then you get something like this and you're like, okay, dude. (laughs) That's a bit much. Yeah. Like, am I supposed to feel something at this moment? Am I supposed to empathize with these characters? Because it's almost like he's laughing at the entire situation. Like, I, I think he's being completely serious, but just like... I don't know. Or maybe maybe I'm looking at it cynically. Maybe it's meant to show, like, you know, you've, you have memories and, like, the mundane things. Even brushing your teeth together with your sibling can be a fond memory. We then see Kagura appear at the Yoko Kino concert just in time for the encore. He even gets a kiss on the cheek from her. However, this all evaporates and it winds up being a dream of Kagura who's passed out. And he begins talking in his sleep while Conan and Ron are amused by him. Funny uh, funny ending after a lot of sad poetry. Well, the saddest thing of all is Kogoro missing the concert. Yeah, but that wouldn't have happened. The kiss wouldn't happen, so I feel like he's getting a better result in his dream, anyhow. It's kind of a win-win. That is a valid point. So the next Conan's hint winds up being Beeper. Remember those? Yeah, I, I never had one. I don't think I was old enough to have a Beeper when they were still a thing. So, just so I, I'm sure how they work, unless you're not sure either, but you're more technologically savvy than I am. A beeper, basically, you would call the, the number associated to the beeper, and the person would essentially just see that you're calling them, and then would have to find the nearest phone to call you back. That's how beepers worked. You know what we'll find out next week? <laughs> the ins and outs of a beeper? Because I remember that this plays a very <laughs> okay. key part in the episode. That's why it's the kind of scent. But I, I think you might be able to leave, like, a number. You can't leave, like, a message. But you, I think you can, like... Like, okay, so when you call a phone, you still have the keypad. So, you you know how if you're on, like, customer service, they'll be, like, press uh, like press 8 to get the whatever, press 5. So I think you can leave, like, a combination of letters that will go to the person. So I guess like you would most of the time you oh, would enter the number you want them to call you, like hey call me back. So you'd put mm-hmm. like eight six seven five three zero nine. 
So you put that as... So I think that's how they work, but I never had a beeper since I'm not old. But uh, I'm a young young whippersnapper. But I believe that's how they worked. But we'll find out next week, because it goes deeper into the, the beeper lore and mythology. The beeper lore. <laughs> okay, I am waiting with bated breath, then. Yeah, so... We're going to do something uh, unique next week. We're going to go over the Weather Girl kidnapping case and learn about beepers. And we're also going to go over our favorite anime original cases so far since we're almost at the end of the Conan arc as we transition into the next Ooh. arc here, the Hybera arc. And we'll meet a new mainstay character very exciting soon. So we're going to reflect on the anime originals and what have really stuck out so far i'm sure suzu will get a mention uh the queen and uh <laughs> before we go i do want to get your overall thoughts on this case what do you think of this not so locked room bathroom murder case um so before we chatted i actually was really digging this episode like i guess i wasn't bothered as much that the locked room was actually a an illusion all along i thought that that in and of itself was a trick enough for me like it was kind of like in plain sight almost like oh okay i guess that's also an option um so for me this two-parter was particularly strong like i really enjoyed watching this um i found it was uh like interesting from different angles you got like Kogro's Yoko Kino fandom going on and Takagi was there doing his errands that he usually does for Megary. so there is a lot in this episode that i could enjoy besides the the case itself um so yeah i thought it was a strong case all right so there's different types of beepers did you were digging so there's different types of beepers there's one-way okay. pagers that can only receive messages while response pagers and two-way pagers can also acknowledge reply to or originate messages so the, the page system it's, right pagers yeah so so it receives and displays alphanumeric or voice messages but i think back in the day it was mostly just numbers you know? i don't think you were getting voice messages yeah you'd send the numbers to them so usually you'd send your own number but i think with this next case i think we're getting like hints we're getting a code via a beeper that they start trying to put together so that's how a beeper works folks oh cool okay I remember this next episode being pretty yep. solid. Maybe that will make the list of the uh, top uh, favorite anime original cases so far. Who knows? Oh, so the next one's an anime. I original. think so. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I, I don't feel. Like, I don't feel like a manga case would revolve around pagers. <laughs> like that seems like a very <laughs> anime thing to do. You never know. We got the bento box. Hey. Yeah, it's a TV original. That's good stuff. So <laughs> that might have to make it. So, uh, yeah, I, I, despite my complaints about the locked room, which, not being a locked room, which was mostly done for humor, I mean, it does annoy me a, a slight bit, but I thought this was a really good two-parter, um, I thought Masai was a really good villain, uh, she's very smart and she adapts to the situation well, um, and it, we've been talking about lately, we've been getting these cases where people decide to do the murder right in front of Kogoro, I like this because it had already happened and he just comes by. So we don't have that kind of, like, logic leap where you're like, why would you do this now? Like, just wait a day, dude. Um, so that makes sense. 
I love the whole thing with the bloody bandana. I think that's a, a genius thing because, you know, you just cover up that accent mark and nobody's going to notice that it's missing unless you're like super familiar with Yoko's logo. So I thought that was really smart. And or if you're really observant, so like it was kind of just in your face the entire time. But if you weren't super observant and checking out the key holder, you would have totally missed it. So I thought it was a really clever case. So, yeah, I think this is definitely a recommended two-parter for sure. Yeah. And I mean, we've talked about these types of clues before the evidence, I suppose, the uh, the bandana thing, like, that's totally something that was just a mishap. Like, there was pretty much no evidence against her. And like, Conan will often go into the de deduction shows with no proof. But it's really something like that the the killer didn't expect would happen like they forgot something or in this case like there happened to be blood on the bandana like she could have easily taken that thing off and just not had it on and then she would have been probably free to go but like it was just like you know the whole kind of domino effect of you know there's a concert and she happened to get the this as a gift yesterday so there was no possible other way that she would have gotten the blood on the bandana in time so it all just the pieces all made sense yeah i don't know what this says about me but my first like whenever i see this type of ending to this i was like wow i could like commit this murder in real life and as long as i just don't make that same mistake i won't get caught so like, that's always my first uh that's how I react to seeing one of these murder cases. I'm like, I want to try this in real life. I don't want to actually murder people, but I'm like, huh, I wonder if like they could have got away free if they would it were just a little bit slyer if they didn't, you know, mess up in that one particular way. Because like you said, there's no real proof that they did it other than like they really covered their uh, traces very well. Yeah. No, I I totally hear what you're saying about actually trying it out for yourself not to actually commit murder not to kill somebody but to see if you can either get away with it or um i also like to see whether i could actually do the trick like especially if there's something to do with like you know string and pulley systems and things like that i'm just like can you do that in real life i don't know i'd like to try it out but with maybe like a dummy on the other end yeah that would certainly be fun uh so That'll do it for this episode. Um, I want to thank everybody for listening to the show. We've gotten some new listeners lately, which is always cool. Oh, awesome. Thanks, everyone. I want to give a shout out to William Lee. He tweeted us. He said, loving this podcast, the discussion on Conan that you can't find anywhere in the witty banter that ensues. Only wish I wasn't playing catch up so I could get involved with what's happening. He said that he finished movie number two recently. He thought it was weird that they made Megary and Kogoro seem like an unstoppable pair. But in an earlier episode, Megary made it seem like Kogoro failed to close a lot of cases while he's on the force. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I feel like Kogoro has always had his good points. But I feel like, as an all, you can definitely see where his personality would falter uh, as a police officer. Like, he, mm -hmm. he has, like, some good things, uh... He's not the most professional guy or hardworking, but uh, he definitely has some talents. Like he's yeah, absolutely a marksman. But uh, yeah, we appreciate you uh, listening. So shout out to William. Shout out to all our listeners. I guess just tweet at us and we'll give you a shout out now. That's the thing. Shout out to Premium underscore Steve. He has this dog as a uh, 
His Twitter avatar. That's pretty cool. All right. I'm just scrolling our Twitter now. Awesome. Yeah. So. <laughs> shout out to me for going through our Twitter. Uh, shout out to Colleen for joining <laughs> us each week. Oh, thanks. I don't know if that's needed. Uh, so I'm not on Twitter. No, you're not. So I just have to. I'm not cool enough. You should get on Twitter. It's a horrible site. But you can interact with the people. <laughs> the people. So. We'll be... I wonder, uh, like, which episodes William's listening to right now. It's probably when it's still you and Kyle No, talking, he just so got the, the movie, too. He just to. got the movie, too. So he's pretty far. Because you're... Oh, I understood that as he actually watched movie two, not listened to the episode on movie oh, two. He might be. He, I think he's probably. So you, you know what I would love to know? How you guys listen to the podcast? Like, do you watch the episodes first and listen to us talk about them? Do you just listen to us talk about them? I would love to hear how you like the experience that stuff because uh, William also got in touch with me. He was asking where to find the Yama specials that we sometimes cover. So I pointed him in the right direction there. But uh, yeah, I would love to know how you guys listen to the show. If you do watch stuff. Because I, I, I listen to some rewatch stuff. And I don't actually watch the stuff. But then there's other stuff where. You know, I'll listen to it. The next day after I've watched something. Just to get some added uh, context. See if they point out things I missed. And just kind of recap. In case I wasn't really paying attention. Um, Colleen, since you were once a listener. What did you do? Were you watching the episodes along with them, or were you just listening to the podcast? I was just listening to the podcast. I had watched the episodes that you guys talked about like a long time ago, so it was just like a nice nostalgia thing, like a refresher for the series. And then I actually started watching the episodes from where I had left off many years ago. So technically, I was both watching Conan, like uh, later episodes, but also listening to you talk about older episodes so i got like a double whammy of conan entertainment which was fantastic so that does it for this week we'll be back next week with uh, another episode see you later bye bye everybody and remember one truth always prevails <laughs>